Yep. Ooh, wait a minute. That that sounded fake. That sounded like you just put something on it. That did. <laughs> All right, Aroma Dance. You sound good. Hold on. Let's get some more sound. That's <laughs> the growler's lid in the day. Oh, it's the second episode of two episode day. <laughs> <laughs> When I was in high school, I would pretend, or no, I was, when I was first learning to do dishes, I would pretend that I was doing a lot of dishes really fast just by making a lot of noise. That's the, pretty much how Neil does chores. Yeah. And my mom got <laughs> real mad at me one time. She's like, Sick what burn. the hell are you doing? Julie. <laughs> and what did you say? Dishes. <laughs> no, you know what? I want to, I want to throw it out to Neil though. He really is awesome at chores. He does them, which I know a lot of people don't. So I love you very much, Neil. I have a Roomba. <laughs> is it DJ Roomba? Do you put your <laughs> butt on it? And Julie it? is just getting into person. Oh, I just yeah? started person. So she just met DJ Roomba. Oh, I just dude. met DJ Roomba. DJ Roomba is the best. I can't wait for him to come back. <laughs> All DJ right. Roomba never say die. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, mm, I already forgot what. Pop quiz. Oh, yeah. That's right. Allison. You said she told me she had a pop quiz for me and I don't know what it is. I've I been just studying forgot. and studying, but I didn't know what it was. So I just went on Wikipedia and read 97 different Wikipedia pages. Four of them were about Britney Spears. Just get ready. What are the three most beautiful words in the English language? Um, I've got some guesses. Okay. Your free pizza. It's really good. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, more mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. That's pretty um, good, too. That's some dick. <laughs> um, I, I could really go with that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, then, uh, how, and then how about... Um, um, it's nap time. Ooh, that one hits real close to my heart. Any, were any of those correct? No. Okay. So Julie, then what are the three best, most beautiful words in the English language? The three most beautiful words in the English language to read on a warning screen before your show that you watch is strong, sexual content. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, it's been too long. <laughs> Been long it time. has been a long dry spell. Woof. A drought lander, oh. if you will. I'm sorry, you guys. I really hate that word. It's and very silly, but it's good marketing. It works. Uh, so, hi, I'm Allison. I'm Julie. And that's Janine. Hi. This is Podlander Drunkcast, an Outlander podcast where three people drink and talk about Outlander, but also other things. <laughs> like, have you seen that video of Rami Malek as Freddie Mercury? Um, no, I've only seen the still. Ooh, well, where the video, and I think he's lip syncing, but the video where he's doing the Live Aid concert, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, it's really good. I actually looked this up this week. It is a combination of him singing, a sound alike singing. So somebody who sounds like Freddie Mercury, by the way, please call me. Who are you? <laughs> and then Freddie Mercury's old tracks. Cool. So they blended it like digitally all together, Ooh, wow. which is really interesting to me yeah. because it's somewhere near having a hologram in a sound way that huh. I don't really understand, but I, I'd be interested to see it. I have heard that they gloss over the AIDS diagnosis in his life, which I find problematic, but 
He looks really good. He looks just he like does, his little jog on stage is really what doesn't. Yes. Anyway, we talk about Outlander too. That's the <laughs> I mean, Oh yeah. By the way, uh, this is, uh, the second episode of our third season, which coincidentally is also the second. Is it technically our, it might be our third episode of the third season. With, uh, Are we considering wizard world a bonus episode? The bonus. Okay. So the second episode of our third season, coincidentally, also the second episode of Outlander's third season. It's called surrender. Ooh, that beer's good. It's good, isn't it? This is the part where we tell you what we're drinking. Today, um, I don't know if y'all know this bee, but <laughs> Empirical Brewery opened up by mine and Allison's house, which is incredible. And today, they, for the first time, are able... Yesterday, sorry. They, for the first time, they're able to sell growlers from their premises. So everything, all the growlers were half off. So I got a $6 motherfucking growler of their Aroma Dance. Which we should say, just in case you don't live in this in like the city or a place that can sell growlers, because this was a new thing for me in Chicago. Right. It's basically uh, a giant jug that you would picture uh, like a bluegrass band playing mm-hmm. off of. Oh, you would trip. You would p- picture three X's on it and some hillbilly outside of a um, passed out outside of. It's yeah. sixty four fluid ounces of joy. Mm-hmm. Of joy. Good. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> and we love Empirical. Their original location is in. This is technically Ravenswood. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're Ravenswood. Ish, mm-hmm. they're Ravenswood. Yeah. Um, uh, but now there's another location in Rogers Park, which just means that Julie and I are that much closer to death, but <laughs> it's, it's going to be a great death. <laughs> Before it was just me. So congrats to them. <laughs> we really love Empirical and we really love this beer, which is Aroma Dance. Aroma Dance. It's an American IPA. It is uh, made with all sorts of different hops. I remember specifically Simcoe and, um, another one that I can't remember right now because I'm too drunk, but it was fermented on mango. And then its tasting notes were like notes of mango, tropical fruit, and morning dew. <laughs> I'm not making that up. But you know what? Hold on. Hold on. Morning dew. Think about morning dew just for a second. It's I, really lucky because coincidentally I licked the ground this morning. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I thought I was going to be able to I, make You know what? Work. I'm going to be fair. I do get a little grassy thing. Yeah. It's, it's um, Yeah. It's an I, it's got some hops and IPA. It's good. Is it, is it IPA? APA, American Pale Ale. Oh, mm-hmm. which usually means it's slightly less hoppy, but it does have some. Well yeah. balanced. It's good. Anyway, Fruity, thanks for being It's dirt. It's exploring the science of beer. It's delicious. Okay. Um, so we have gathered here today to talk about Surrender, uh, and I'm really excited to talk about this one. Mm-hmm. Before we jump in, do you have general thoughts, Julie? Well, I, I would like to set the stage for everybody. So obviously with season three here, you guys, I mean, other than season episode one, which we had to record late, but we're going to be current. So, like, I watched this episode today. Yeah, most of the time, certainly for last season, we tried to make sure that we had seen every episode at least twice. Because mm-hmm. um, we watched when it aired um, as well. As, when, this is When I say our season two, it was actually Outlander season one. Mm-hmm. So, um, when we were watching season one, we had all seen the episodes, or Julie and I had seen the episodes at least once, then revisited, sometimes revisited more than once before watching. Um, with these episodes, because you're getting them fresh like straight from the draft line in a 64 ounce bottle with mark with three x's marked on it um <laughs> tastes like the morning dew we who knows we might have different different opinion about it a week from now if mm-hmm. we have watched it again we might change our minds entirely you, we have no idea but um i thought this one was pretty good i did enjoy this one so our friend jen moniz her mother kathleen moniz is a, a Patriot supporter of ours. And she just happens to be in Chicago this weekend. And she told Jen that she wanted nothing more than to hang out with us and buy us a beer or 
to watch episode two with us. And so we made that happen. So Kathleen Moniz came over to my house with her daughter, Jen, who brought three pints of gelato, a six pack of Sriracha Ace and a bottle of Rosé because they know how to do it. They're like Montel Jordan. And we sat down (laughs) to watch episode two of season three. And when the title screen came up to like warn you and it says strong sexual content, me, Jen and her mother, Kathleen, all cheered. Strong sexual content. We're ready. Julie, I just realized the notebook I'm using, I discontinued for a while. And the notes previous to this episode, I was just looking down at it and and it says, uh, they have to cross a silver spring. You're being clever, not wise. He tells her he can't stop thinking about tomorrow. Uh -uh. (laughs) I refuse to get burned by that twice. Anyway, sorry. All right. So... Strong sexual content in Surrender. Whee! And the um, title card that sh- pops up is a red coat, Martin Luthering a paper to a door somewhere, some With church. a ponytail. You know how you can tell a red coat? Look for his ponytail. Does have, uh, Murtaugh sometimes wears a ponytail, though. Yeah, but it's, like, dirty. And I it's mean that in the best way. It is scruffier. It's like he just tied it back because it was getting in his face while he was... Sweaty on his neck. While he was boning the handmaid. <laughs> whereas, whereas a cue, which is what they would call the ponytails for the red his cue, they're all, like, curled yes, and, and shiny. And, yes... Just, they look like they would be really fun to pull because then they'd go boing as opposed to <laughs> it'd be really fun to pull because then you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So there is a red coat nailing a poster to a door and then he moves away and we see what is maybe the most hilarious pencil drawing <laughs> of Jamie with shitty long hair and a beard wearing a hat. And it seems that he's being known by a new name. You guys gonna sing you a little song right now get them bone it 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 how you gonna do it if you really just want to hide by living in a cave so jamie has another new nickname so he's been red jamie he's been a weak seaman and now he's the dun bonnet and he's a brown hat because he wears a brown hat he forgot to do a spoiler section we're gonna do i'm hoping you're all listening to these back to back we're gonna do two spoiler sections at the end of this episode we'll do it sorry so uh dun bonnet Uh, Specifically speaking, they say it's because he's trying to hide his red hair. But let me tell you a little something, Janine. He is wearing his dun bonnet on top of like fucking carrot top red hair like Weird Al Yankovic. (laughs) I mean, girly weird ass red hair. It's not like he's trying to hide his hair. Well, it it wouldn't catch in the sunlight as easily. Yeah. It wouldn't. It well, wouldn't. it's probably because he's not washing it. He's because he's not fucking, practicing self-care right He's also now. not he's fucking not. coming out of that cave during the daytime most of the time. No, you're right. He's hiding in the cave. I mean, I'm, Get look- down I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at these photos on IMDb. Not good. Well, I'm not going to talk about this. We'll get to this. Because mm-hmm. we, we're just talking about a pencil drawing, right? I just, yes. I wrote, Redcoat's posting a wanted notice. Yeah. Jamie is hairy. <laughs> <laughs> and he's the dun bonnet now. And then we flash back to Lollybrock. And wee, Fergus is back. Uh, so let's let's raise a glass to Roman Belfilm. Um, uh, Where is he? I've got, now I have to look up his... Twitter bio. I wonder if he still has the same Twitter bio. 12 years old. French actor. 
Likes dogs. Where's Fergus isn't on the list? He's in there. He's not on here. He's in there. Well, look up Roman. He's not He's not on IMDb. Well, it's probably just... Oh, there he is, because he's at the top. I was right. I'm so used to him being at the bottom because of all the other people involved, right. but it's no, Fergus. He's, he is a focal point. Uh, Roman Bell. Janine, I cannot wait for you to hear what happens to Fergus in this episode, because you don't know... And you're going to know. <laughs> this, that felt like such a plug for like a real world um, episode. It's, it is. <laughs> so, first of all, it used to be tiny French actor who is French or some shit like that. <laughs> it, now, it now just says French actor. 16 years old. Oh. Because um, he's, he's, he's grown. He's um, but I want you to know he's got a pinned tweet. That says, a promise made is a promise kept. I received a kilt, my dream, from Katrina and Sam Huon. I am so proud. And then there's this picture of him wearing a kilt. Oh, how cute. Oh, is that the Fraser Tartan? I don't know, probably. It might be. That kind of dusky blue, slate blue with the black and red. He is good at his job. So here he is. Fergus is at Lallybrock with Robbie. Robbie. Robbie McNabb. Robbie McNabb, which if anybody remembers, remember back in the day when there was this shithole drunk who was beating his kid at Lallybrock and then they just took that kid in? So it was real complicated because Claire, um, because she's a shitty time traveler, decided to stick her nose in something she didn't quite understand, which is not to say that you shouldn't try to stop child abuse. Mm -hmm. You absolutely should. But... What she didn't know is that Jenny was already trying to figure out the best way to get him out of the house. They have a plan in process. There was a whole thing they were going to do without um, bringing down the ire of this volatile, violent drunk. Uh, and instead, Claire was just like, mm, I'm just going to just going to kick this bee's nest because I bet it's going to be delicious. Fuck and you. Then, um, and uh, then Jamie is sort of strutting around acting like he owns the place, which technically he does, but he doesn't really get what he's doing and all of that. Anyway, they end up basically adopting Robbie and taking in also his mother, Mary, um, who ends up being essentially the cook and like the number one lady about the house. The number one lady about the cave, too. But we'll get there. We'll get there. So Mary is there in the house, but this is focusing on the young boys. Oh, so it's uh, Rabbi, Rabbi and Fergus and Jamie, who you remember as a very <coughs> cute toddler that liked his Auntie Claire. And also the one that Jamie came in and accused Jenny of having from Blackjack Randall. And it's like, fuck you, dickbag. It's not enough that I have to live with my shame. You must name your bastard son for me. Yeah, anyway. And she's like, fuck you, bro. And she kicks him right in the kilt. Yeah. Right in the spot on. <laughs> <laughs> so... The little boys are running around free on Lovely Brock and it's probably pretty great and nobody's watching them. So they go to the house where they keep all the pigeons. Why? I don't know. No one ever explains this. And then they're <laughs> looking for something in the pigeon house, the coop. And they give it another name. Coat? Is it a coat? Uh, no, they're looking for the gun. No, what I'm saying is, isn't it called coat, a coat? Coat? Coop? I'm, I'm going to look this shit up. You keep talking. But it's like essentially a very tall room with tiny little square holes with hay in them where pigeons roost. And then Fergus goes in there and you can tell that the boys are arguing about something like, no, it's not there. It's not there. Dove coat. Fucking nailed it. Nice. 
So fucking Fergus, I don't know if he's got like gun sense or whatever, just starts crawling up these holes and like puts his hand in one and out comes out with some fancy ass pistol, which is great. You're like, oh, three little boys and a gun. What could fucking go wrong? Like, yeah. welcome to America where every day this happens and somebody and yet, shoots their sibling. It is even worse than that. Mm-hmm. Um, so true fact story thing. Um, after the Jacobite Rebellion, all kinds of shit got outlawed in the Highlands. You couldn't wear a tart anymore. If you notice, nobody's wearing a kilt anymore. Mm-hmm. I think Ian is wearing a kilt, but it's basically like a utility skirt. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's a real thing. It really happened. Uh, and you weren't alone to own weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that this gun is here is obviously someone hid it there for a reason. Mostly so it wouldn't be found. But then Fergus is like, pew, 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 let's run around and be assholes with a gun. I love you, Fergus. I'm really sorry. We're going to get some really sick burns in on you in this episode. And I think that's only fair. Yeah. So the little boys are playing with a gun and you're like, what the fuck is this? And then uh, it flashes to the front gate of Lollybrock and boop, 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 boop. Red coats show up. Great. Feels like this has happened a lot to them. Everybody is part of a routine. They are coming to ask about uh, Red Janie. Where the fuck is Red Janie? And they're like, we don't know. We haven't seen him. Why do you keep coming here and bugging us? Why do you fucking keep coming here? And Ian, I'm going to tell you, Ian is the number one brother. He is tight under pressure. Yep. His face is perfect. It's, he's got a great, vacuous, dumb, white guy look. We and cannot he, give you what we do not have. He's really good at it, and these guys are just drilling him, and nothing changes in his face. His face stays the same the whole motherfucking time. <laughs> and they're like, all right, we're taking you to jail again. Boop, boop, get in the wagon, one leg. And everyone at the house is like, mm, because obviously he's been to jail more than once. So the Redcoats can obviously figure out that they know something, but they can't get anything out of them because fucking Ian is number one brother. And then, uh, they, this is the first time we hear somebody say the Dunbonnet. I think so. One of them says Dunbonnet. And then the other one says Dunbonnet. <laughs> Dunbonnet. So we don't actually know how to say this I'm word. Just, just so you know, I'm going to insist on saying any number of variations, but they're all going to be in an incredibly thick and really terrible accent. Dunbonnet. It's the Dunbonnet. I can, sorry. Sorry, I, everyone. I turned you down. I saw it coming. Okay, <laughs> I could, I can only do one accent really well. And that is my own. <laughs> if I really amp it up and give you the full Southern treatment, full well, white g- trash Well, treatment. give me, give me the Dunbonnet in the Arkansas twang. It would be Dunbonnet. Dunbonnet. I can't do accents. Dunbonnet. 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 Get Dunbonnet. Anyway. Dunbonnet. Dunbonnet. Dunboogie. Dunbonnet. 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 You guys, you were just here for the creation. It was a prophecy all along. It was hidden. It was hidden right in front of us, right in plain sight. I couldn't even see it. Oh, the Dunbonnet. Okay, and then we see, and then. He's gone. And then we see a full body shot of Jenny. Guess what? She's fucking pregnant again. God damn, Jenny. Number one brother. Likes to get it on. Is this the one where 
Jamie. No, wait, we're, we are not to Jamie yet. Never mind. No. So, uh, the red coats, ha ha ha. They're so funny. And they leave with Ian, but we also realize that one of the red coats, the particularly nasty one in this particular situation is actually Scottish. So he's just a dick bag who joined up with the victorious party afterwards and is now using that to inflict harm and grievance upon his fellow Scotsman. So he's like a special case of douchebag. He'll come back. He will. And this is a character that's an invention for the show. And I think it's a really smart invention for reasons we'll talk about later. Um, but God, what a dick. And he, importantly, he and Fergus exchange words where Fergus in his little tiny French actor accent says like, you are a traitor to your people. I do not eat frogs. I eat delicious cheeses and I drink French wine and you wear a red coat and have turned your back on your people. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, eight kid Fuck you. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Um, but obviously oh, gets uh, aggressive and creepy in a way that honestly the others do not. Which is not to say they're good. The captain of this particular group, there's a really funny moment when Jenny lists like what feels like 115 different captains of British platoons who've come looking for the Dune Bonnet. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she's like, bonnet. Captain Smith, Captain well, not Captain Renner, Captain Jones, Captain Menzies, Captain <laughs> Hewan, Captain Smith. And she's got a Smith, whole list. The other Smith, and then Captain the Third Smith. The Third Smith. <laughs> she's got like a list of all these dudes. So this has obviously been happening a lot. Um, so, but they all, while they're bullies and they're douchebags and they arrest poor one-legged Ian for no fucking reason, they all act the way you expect British, British soldiers to act. Except that one. And there's this one like rabid dog you know the one yeah you that know you him. just you can tell right away you're like you are bad news mm-hmm. so ian rolls away in the wagon and then all of a sudden we get a shot at the woods and it's bigfoot <laughs> <laughs> no it's jamie you guys but he's like way back in the trees and his hair is big and he's a shadow and it literally looks like bigfoot took my baby it does it's Oh, shit. That's what happened to mine. That's what happened to mine. Hold on, you guys. We have a fan emergency. Stack them back together and get the little guy through them. And then you just have to hold it. You too aggressively fanned. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so Jamie's back. We see him. He's skulking around the woods. It's not so good. Guess he's back. Back again. again. And then we get a close-up of his face. And I laughed out loud. (laughs) And I don't know what it is about Sam Hewen's face when he has facial hair or this ridiculous fucking wig they got him in. I don't know. It's not it's not right and it's not okay. <laughs> I don't I I don't think it's so bad. I, I thought think, it was awful. I think it's um if anything he, the the costume might be slightly disadvantaged by how hard Sam Hewen is selling it because he just looks like um, the epitome of a dude who kind of would prefer to be dead and so he hasn't put the effort in. Like, he needs to exfoliate toot fucking sweet. Toot sweet. It, he looks, because I am looking at IMDb, that's where I get my images. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looks a little bit like the the guy who just moved, in, moved into the lighthouse. Yeah. 
He's got uh, that thing going and on. Stayed there, and then fifty years later, he's you know crazy old guy. But that like he's, got he's that the beginnings thing. of it. They it call like. him in the thing at the end. They call him the Wild Man, and I think that is actually a pretty accurate description. Which is why I think this look is this look is um, <laughs> is a good one because it's so dramatic as to be a little bit funny. But I that is one of the most attractive men in the world, and I wouldn't want him fucking anywhere you near know what? me. That's fair. <laughs> Not at all. He looks like he smells bad. He looks mm-hmm. like he might hurt you. I would mm-hmm. be scared of him. Jen's comment was, that's tombstone level bad facial hair. Like, think about the movie Tombstone yeah. and think about some of the facial hair in that movie. It's not good. Doc Holliday wasn't good. That's yeah, true. it's not good. <laughs> but, I mean, I understand what they're going for here. I just think there's something about his face when you put a beard on it or he grows a beard. I don't know what the problem is. It doesn't look real. I think he's over contoured mm-hmm. to be really specific. Cause you look, it's like his eyes have shadows and there's shadows all over. They're just trying to make him ugly. Guess what? I, they're, well, they're trying to make him look haunted. Mission mm-hmm. accomplished. You could dial it back to maybe nine. Yes. Cause you're at like 17. Take it back a notch. Are you guys going to talk about him hunting? Cause that's an image. I'm oh, that's yeah. coming up. Okay. So don't you I'll, worry about I'm, that. I'm waiting on that. Then. That's going to be a very important segment. We've lost someone really important to us today. So it's true. Oh. R.I.P. No, it's all good. No. He never cared for us. He anymore. had it coming. Um, Jamie stumbles in from the woods like Bigfoot through the Lallybrock gate, seeing Claire in front of him. She's so beautiful in all of her knitwear. She's incredible. And then she turns around and it's his sister. And I was fucking creeped out by yeah, that. Yeah, but remember, he also thought that Rupert was Claire. I don't think it's specific. To, it's true. It's like, wait, there's a body in front of me that might be Claire. Ooh, look at that scarecrow. It's got vaguely Is Claire that a tree tendencies. or Claire? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now we so, know why he hunted that deer so hard. So I, I'm going to kill her. So he obviously is haunted by Claire. And he's, I'm going to say this, Sam Hewen, also dial back your physicality for haunted maybe five notches. Because he's got this thing where he walks into frame like Lurch from the Adams family. And I just couldn't, I couldn't. So it I, was a, it was a little much. I still think he does a very good job in this episode. No, he does. But it's it is it is all turned up a little high. It's it's just a little too loud for me. There's this image of him carrying a deer. We're getting there. Okay, please like, come Don't worry, you. We lost someone really important to us today. I want to I want to drink my beer. That's what I'm going to do right now. Just do it. Um, <laughs> my note that I wrote right here is Jamie is very sad. And that's because I'm being shady about the fact that he is showing us so much how sad he is. <laughs> and, you know, it's too bad because later it's like he gets it's like he started at 11 and then remembered that maybe the best way to show people you're sad is to be at zero. So he started at 11 and then went to zero and then went to like a three and then sort of became Jamie again. Yes. Um, It is weird. It did feel like he was playing another character and not playing Jamie here. Huh. And I think even though he feel, and maybe that's true, like maybe that's how he approached it. And that would Mm -hmm. make sense Mm -hmm. because I think that's true throughout, but most of the time for most of the episode, it works for me. Yeah. It does not work for me at the beginning. This very beginning. Yeah. But you know who does work for me? Jenny? Fucking Laura Donnelly. (sighs) Fan clap. Oh. She's also going to get one of these for me. Yeah. (laughs) I love you, Laura Donnelly. All right. So... Obviously, Jamie is hiding out in the woods on Lollybrock property. 
So that masterclass that was taught by number one brother Ian earlier was a total lie. He's been hanging out in the woods. Um, and then we flash to mid-century modern terror dome where Claire is fingering herself at night next to her husband who is sleeping. Oh, and gosh. she is having a sex dream about Jamie. Or a fantasy about Jamie. And this is towards the fireplace. One of the funniest things this show has ever done. And this is another, I'm not sure, sure this was supposed to be funny. It wasn't. But I hope it was because it's, don't get me wrong, thank you. Oh, the butt shots. Yes. Even with the Cornish game hen back, it's like. You look good. He has a beautiful body and he looks great, but he walks towards the fire and you see his tush and then he kind of like bends down. Mighty fuse. And then he, and he turns around and smiles while the fire is crackling behind him. And it is so, it's not it's ridiculous. It's not what Jamie looked like in the show. Oh, really? It's like romance novel, Jamie. Oh, yeah. It's not, it is I think so obvious. I think yeah. so too. And that's why I think maybe it was a little bit funny on purpose. Mm -hmm. It is so heightened and Simeon really sells it. Cause he's just, it's like, he's got cheesy a halo behind him and he's just going, Hey, girl. That's <laughs> totally what it is. You want to time travel? I've got a dick rock you could touch. It's going to only take 90 seconds to get you from here to there. <laughs> so she has this weird-ass sex Is that a baby in your pocket, or are you just, just happy to see me? But it's really... I, we should. I, it was not good. I want a gif of it. No, I think it was good. I think I it know. was good. I thought it was ridiculous. Yes. Yes, I think it was ridiculous because On that's purpose. not, you look at any sex scene that the show is filmed. None of them look like that. You're right. None of that happened. She is not anywhere. She's not remembering the two of them boning. She's like, it's like she's picturing his playboy shoot, playgirl yeah. shoot. Mm -hmm. It's just, hey, hey, oh, hi. The thing that feels the most real is when she's picturing him laying in bed next to her. Yes. But like there's existing footage of, of Jamie's O face, right? Yeah. And that's not what they used they hey girl, hey, girl. <laughs> hey hey so there's claire uh diddling the fiddle wow diddling the skittle 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 well, and, and you know what she learned from the best so she did her, um, it, took 90 her seconds. It, it seems like her masturbation skills maybe have improved i did note perhaps they sleep on a tempur-pedic mattress because can't frank feel that he's probably asleep also no, no, no. Frank, frank seems like the kind of guy that, be, that would kind of go Okay. Fine. Whatever. If you got to. But uh, then she turns to guy. decide and sees Jamie's face and is very sad. And then all of a sudden we flash to the next day and there's a title card that says 1949 Boston. And then we see the cutest baby meatball. <laughs> yeah. Cheers to baby casting. Yeah. Whoever cast this baby or series of babies, it's probably like nine triplets and they're yeah. all named like Tad, Sad, <laughs> Bad, Mad, Sad, Dread, and Glad, and Gloria. <laughs> and like, but this little nugget is so cute chubby cute funny mm -hmm. wonderful just a cute baby yeah a very cute baby and she's like walking around her house um jiggling the bee the wee bear puts her in baby jail yeah and give and goes he is a rabbit and then hands her a rabbit <laughs> and then sits down to read the boston globe like any fucking woman of the world fuck yeah, yeah. and then read something about what is uh, it? The Independence of Ireland, which right. I, it's like a really cool choice. Mm -hmm. So uh, obviously another actual event of history. And she says, you're going to want to listen to this, darling. And then she looks up 
and her little wee meatball has turned over on her own. And this is a milestone for babies. And Claire freaks out. Aren't you a clever girl? You've turned over by yourself. And then Frank comes home and they're like, oh my God, she's a genius. Oh, well, Frank comes out of the shower. <laughs> oh, that's right. Obviously getting ready to leave for the day. So he walks in in a towel. Looking good, Menzies. Looking pretty good, Menzies. God, yeah, no, I'm not going to musma that. It's, yeah. He was looking pretty good. Yeah. Um, and... The he takes. You know the what? Baby. I didn't. I didn't think about that, but that's important for how, what happens to her later. Mm-hmm. It's important. So he takes the baby, and they're cooing about how smart the baby is, and Doctor Spock, and this, that, and the other thing, and it's very sweet family unit moment. Uh, and then the baby's little hand touches his face, and then. Claire puts her hand on his chest and there is like an honest to God, slightly charged moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, important to note, Frank came in and was like, my shower was dreadful. The hot water went wet. out. It, it went out. It was terrible. And then he proceeds to go back upstairs for another cold shower. <laughs> I mean, get it. That's a Jen Moniz joke. That's one for you, Jen. Um, <laughs> because it's a little charged moment and he's mostly naked and she's holding this baby and it's very... Listen, at that point, you're just going, another? When, when, <laughs> when will it? Well, or, obviously he can't. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. So oh, gosh. it's Reminders. more like, are they going to touch each other ever? Okay, fine. And then he goes upstairs and then we flash back to Lally Brock. Gosh. The only note that I have here... And I don't know why. It's Fergus. Bring it down a notch. Oh, well, Fergus is being kind of a D. About so, the gun, right? About all kinds of things, but about the gun. Yeah. So um, it's him and Rabbi and Jamie. So he's got still this, roaming around free range parenting, whatever. Yeah. So he's got this gun. He um, uh, ends up scoot badooting out into the, what we'll call the, Dunbarnet Woods. The Dunbarnet Woods. <laughs> the, Dunbu- the woods of Dunbarnet. Anyway, he's out, he's out in the fucking forest and um, he skirts birds to the cave and you, we cut to Jamie in the cave and he hears somebody go <whistles> and it's the bird that dresses Claire in the morning. Not really. It's Fergus. <laughs> and he comes in and brings Jamie the gun and says, oh, we can use it to start our own rebellion. In the next yeah. rebellion. Mm. And rebellion. Rebellion. Uh, and Jamie's like, there's not going to be another rebellion. He's like, you still will. We must rise up against our oppressor. Oh, there's also another moment where Fergus is talking about how he knows how to use guns, but it's harder to kill a man with a knife because it's just you and him and the blade. Steel. Yes. Um, oh, God. What an idiot. Really he's cute. literally 14. And then he says, <laughs> I wish I could have photocolored him with master. Oh, because he's like a teeny tiny child and he doesn't like to him I think he worships he's like, I was at the Jamie. battle of Preston Pons and like all where that were you shitting your pants <laughs> because you are a small child it reminds me a little bit of the character in the South Park movie the French resistance character he's kind of like that in this episode <laughs> I'm not gonna lie uh, anyway he ends up running up to the scoop a into the woods uh, to bring Jamie this gun for them to start their own revolution and Jamie's like there's never gonna be a revolution get out of my weapons face. are weapons are banned Put this where you got it. Never speak of it again. Get out of here. And Fergus is like, but, but you are a coward. Why are you such a coward? And kind of pushes him and Jamie is not having it. No. Um, so then he decides the best way to blow off some steam is to take out a fan favorite character. One of the most important characters in the history of Outlander. Oh, it's true. It's true. Fuck. Jamie decides um, that Does he just needs to go. Pipes? He just needs to go with his <laughs> bow and arrow <laughs> out into the woods and just 
look around, and what does he see? The fucking credit steer. He sees the credit steer. God damn it, credit deer. And credit deer is in the wrong place at the wrong motherfucking time because that wild deer man was asking for it. Why was it dressed like that? Shit. Why was it dressed like that? <laughs> the done bonnet was done on it, and then he just fucking pulls oh. back that arrow. Whoop, dead deer. Then we cut to. Jamie walking through the archway at Lallybrock with a fucking 400 pound deer over his shoulder. This is the thing that like, I just, I just want to talk about going, what the fuck? Like, I mean, all these things, are, so dumb. that doesn't make any no, fucking it's awesome. sense. It's, I mean, obviously he would be able to do that because he's very strong and he's very tall, but 400 it's, also, pounds? it's also just like. Okay. And he comes in with it. And no. this is, this is the scene where he's a little tutu. This is the scene where he's got kind of like Frankenstein like stumble around. No, it's the earlier one is where he stumbles this one. Cause he just walks in and puts it down. And then this is the one where he's butchering the deer. Right. But you can hear, you can hear his sister upstairs. No later. Oh, I thought this is when Jenny has a conversation birth. with him. About, oh, we're like Ian, and so can I, can you do this for mm. me and whatever? Can you look at the ledgers the, um, for the rents? Yeah, and Jamie sort of grunts and isn't acknowledging her, obviously, uh. like, just isn't acknowledging her. And she says, um, you know why it's easy to lie to the Redcoats? Uh, because Jamie Fraser isn't here. He hasn't been here for a long time. I'm not lying. I'm telling the truth. Where our brother, 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 over and over again. Mm. Um, and you can see Jamie kind of go like, oh, God. That's true. Would somebody please shoot me? I've just been waiting. It's been like six Maybe years. Maybe somebody could kill me. Can someone? It's been it's been a really long time. Can somebody just, just please somebody put a kill me? Bullet in my head, please. Um, so he obviously feels guilty about the situation he's put them in. He's very concerned about whatever the fuck is going on with Fergus, but there's nothing he can do because it's time to go back to the motherfucking cave. Mm -hmm. So back to the cave he goes. Back to the woods. Back to the woods. Time to go to kill a deer to eat a goat. Back this is how long it takes Allison to sing. Okay, you guys, it was half of a growler plus another half. So a full, full growler, growler yeah. plus a bottle of the pample mousse. That pample mousse was just like cherry on top. That was kind of like water, though. <laughs> the, it was the like literally two plus. So a full, a full growler? There's a Seen in the Avengers, <laughs> where what? where Mark Ruffalo's Bruce Banner says, "Do you want to know my secret?" Oh yeah, I'm always I'm angry. always angry. Do you want to know my secret? I'm always drunk. I'm always singing. <laughs> <laughs> Pardon me while I pour more. Okay. So I forgot this part. How does Jamie? How do we transition from Jamie butchering the deer? In the kitchen, which he literally, they literally brought in a butcher to show him how to cut up a deer. He did that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's cool. Listen, I, well, that's, yeah, that, I'm. We'll talk speechless. about that. We'll talk Jeez. about that at the end a little that bit. Cool. But how do we get from that scene where she says, you haven't been here for a long time to her giving birth? Oh, he goes back out in the woods and he does some other things. I don't remember what. Some He's sad in shit. in that cave. He's being sad and Fergus is pissed at him and everybody's pissed and whatever. And he comes back. As he does, he hears um, his sister screaming. He comes right? back every once yeah. in a while, but he's just coming back, and he sees the back of a woman's neck. Probably assumes it's Claire. Stops, cries, maybe touches himself, cries some more. Yeah, begs somebody to kill him. Stands yep. back up, and then sees it's Mary McNabb, and then hears his sister screaming. And he's like, what? Because nobody fucking told him that she was having the baby, presumably because they didn't want him to come down because he could fucking get picked up by the Redcoats at any, any time. Any moment. 
Mm-hmm. So Jenny is having the bairn again. It's coming early. Ian is still not back. Uh, and he marches off to, in to, I don't know, to help in some way. Cause he, oh, because he comes to see to the ledgers. Yeah. He comes that's to see. Why. That's right. So like he goes and she, he Cause Mary McNabb and, is like, why are you here? Yeah. And, and he's, he's like, um, to, to see, to So the Jenny, ledger. basically the, if I was to summarize the Lally Brock portion of this episode, it's that Jenny very slowly knocks some motherfucking sense into this man's head, mm-hmm. um, with a side of Fergus, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Um, so he goes into the house. Jenny's having the baby. We cut to the, like the three fucking stooges. The little boys with a gun. There's a raven on the fucking gate. There's oh, a superstition. No. That's bad luck. It means death. Mm-hmm. So she's having a baby. They have to get it off. Despite the fact that they're in the fucking highlands of Scotland and they're surrounded by fucking red coats everywhere. Pete and rocks oh i'm talking about the environment peat and rocks and pieces of wood and like <laughs> just a piece and like of wood. sheep poop and like other things that can throw in a raven all kinds of apples horse apples <laughs> just like everything <laughs> horseshoes i don't know the whatever the fuck one keeps in a sporin like all kinds of things i could really use a tiny hunk of a dragonfly in amber yeah. a sporin itself yeah. a shoe yeah a chunk <laughs> of your own shoe. hair yeah maybe a tiny child's hand you could there's all kinds of shit that you could throw at this raven but fergus being fergus because he's having a snit an understandable snit a completely understandable snit he's having a rough go of it i don't understand his <laughs> well, his father, Jamie is basically his father. Right. Has lost his goddamn mind. Right. And is hiding in a cave, surrendering to life. And he's this kid without a land and now without a family because Claire has gone too. So all he has are these younger boys to impress. And then okay. nothing else. I see that. And and his dad is basically spending every day wishing he was dying. Because mm-hmm. Jamie is, I mean, Jamie is first The Walking dad. Dead. He's the walking dad. He's Rick. The walking dead. The walking dad. The walking eater. The walking sad. Yes. The walking sad. He's the walking sad. The walking Dunbonnet. Anyway, um, Fergus is like, wait, I got this handled. Clearly I'm the man of the house now. No one else is going to do anything. Let me skip off to the dovecoat (laughs) to get a wee pestle. And he takes this fucking gun. And shoots it at the bird. And you can hear it echo through the valley like crash, 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 crash. And he shoots the bird. And then you see a red coat turn around like this. Boom. And it's like, you fucking Fucking idiot. idiot. So Jamie comes charging out of the house. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Put that back where you found it. Immediately. Then goes charging back into the house. Goes and has a nice chat. With his sister, who has just given birth. Just given birth on a pile of straw. To a baby boy. Oh, yeah, in you, front of a fireplace. You look around the room and there's a big pile of straw in from the fireplace. There are bloody towels Blood everywhere. But she it. is in bed, delicately sipping a wee snifter of whiskey. She does have some fucking whiskey up in that face. It's, uh, it's, As I would, too. Uh, nature's pain medicine. Mm-hmm. She doesn't need no fucking anesthesia. No twilight birth for Jenny. Mm-hmm. No, Jenny Murray does not need your bullshit. Mm-mm. She's going to squeeze Noon that thing birth. out and then, have an, and then have a nice tipple. Noon birth. So she's, <laughs> she says... Oh, you always look bunny with a, you always look bro with a bear in your arms. Oh yeah, because Jamie's holding the baby, and he, you know, we've seen this. He's good with babies. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she says, um, "When is the last time you laid with a woman?" I oh, 
What's the transition there? Why does she go there? Baby. Because she wants him to be a father. Because he's holding a baby. Right, right. Yeah. She wants him to have a life. And he says, just don't. She says, you never told me how she died. You just said she was dead. Not true. You said she was gone. But you just said she was dead. I don't know what happened. All I know is you're not happy and you deserve to be happy. Mary McNabb is still young enough to have children. You should find. And he says, so I you will should never. That. I will never marry again. And she says, brother, you need to come back to life or whatever the fuck she says. And then all of a sudden, stop, oh, and Jamie takes the baby and walks out and it's just doom, doom, doom down the hall and then thump, thump, thump. Hey, we're the British. We're here to fuck you up. <laughs> and, Literally, that's what they say. And Jamie ducks into an empty room and hides behind a door with the baby well, in his oh arms. I, so I don't think he would have had time to run to Jenny and then run and hide. They were at the door. He steps into this yeah. room and hides. But he is literally holding the newborn baby, which you know can make sounds at any moment. And then the redcoats come in and straight up just stroll into Jenny's bedroom where she's like laying in the bed, sweaty. Listen, these I just... You guys, okay. These and then coats. they're assholes. There's a reason we uh, we fought for independence. Um, so they come in and they are dickholes to her. They want to know where the weapon is. Weapons yeah. are we out. Heard yeah. a we gun. heard a gun. I need you to tell me where the weapon is. That that's the sound of them going to try to find the weapon. Yeah. Give us the weapon. Um, and she keeps saying, I don't have a weapon. We would never risk something like that. We would never have such a thing. We would never, you can search all you like, but you will never find it. They try to look under the covers, like straight up her fucking nightgown. And she's like, back off, bitch. They're tossing her drawers. They're doing all sorts of things. And then she, like one of them looks over and sees literally the bed of hay by the fireplace, blood all over it and goes, did you, did you give birth? And she's like, Yes. No, like, where's the baby? And then it cuts to Jamie, like, oh, God, shut up. <laughs> and she's like, the baby died. Oh, shit. And they're like, when they're it like, came out, it wasn't breathing. It was it already wasn't breathing. Gone. It was already gone. And they're like, can we see the body? And she's like, yes. that would be too much for me right now. So if and the midwife took it away to get it cleaned, you could get out of my house. And then Mary McNabb. There, and he's arguing. They're tussling. They want to see the baby. They obviously don't believe her. And then Mary McNabb comes running in and says, here's the gun. It was With mine. With a gun. It was mine. It belonged to my dead husband. And I saw a raven. And I knew that my lady And she was, was having a difficult birth. birth. And I shot that raven because I knew it was bad luck. And then Scott's dude. It's like these fucking Scottish and their superstitions. Who's, he's bitch. actually Scottish. You right? want me to arrest this bitch? I could just arrest this bitch. And there, and then the British dude is like, nah, man, nah. And, well, they'll leave. and he looks a little bit like sad, like Mr. Lord Melton. And he's like, <sighs> side eye. Who is this guy? Why is he working for me? Who even hired you? Yeah. Oh, God, you're the worst. And he apologizes for troubling her and says, no more weapons. We're confiscating this. Consider yourself warned. And they leave. As they're leaving, Jamie moves his fucking foot. I don't know why. Maybe he would needed to chase down another deer. But there's a... But there's a <laughs> and evil Scots dude. Scots dick. The Scots dick? Scots dick. The dicksman. The... Oh, there's a good one out there. Um, the... The... This, the... St the cup of Scott? Fartin. Fartin. <laughs> um, I don't know. Fartin. 
The fireton. The foreskin. No. <laughs> Something. He sucks. Um, the guy who sucks. The guy who sucks. Stops and goes, meh. And then he's like, come along, you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to call him piece of shit. Piece of shit. P-O-S. Uh, and he trots down the stairs and leaves. Mm-hmm. Cut to we Fergus. Trapesen through the meadow. Oh, and Jamie then goes through a very convenient secret door. Wait, wait, wait. He gives the baby back. What are, there's a cut to the future here. Okay. Cut to the future. So Claire is asleep or trying to sleep one night. So I think this is right after Mary gives up the gun and the redcoats leave. Mm-hmm. And then Claire is laying in bed, not diddling herself to the fucking penguin romance, Jamie. But instead, looking at the very attractive man she has right next to her. And she's like, hmm, perhaps I should ride that dick. And she reaches over and touches him, and he wakes up, and he's like, "Claw," and then they bone. Bonage. She takes off that nightgown. She's Boom. on top. Also, really recovered from giving birth. I'm just gonna. Oh, say. that was a very fat baby. That I was know. a fat baby. That baby's not a newborn. Uh, you're right. It's been a while because for, well, forty nine. I mean, it's been at least. So months. is she like? Uh, what's she doing? Like uh, thigh master or I don't know. Anyway, she looks good. <laughs> just she saying. looks very good. And then it's she, a work of fiction. Of she, course she looks. Of good. course she does. <laughs> and she rides Frank into the sunset. And and he looks very pleased, surprised, <laughs> but pleased. Um, and they bone. There is some strong sexual, sexual content. content and it's fine. Mm-hmm. Wait, should, this isn't the one we should watch. No. no, 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 no. Because there's strong sexual content later that is much more sad. So no. Oh, so. Sad so, and sexy. Sexy sad. So it cuts back to that. So you get to see that they are reconnecting. And then we cut back to Lallybrock, and this is where Fergus just fucking... So after Jamie gives the kid back, he presumably leaves. This is where Fergus shows his hand. So Fergus... Oh. Fergus, we're... This is where Fergus overplays his hand? Overplays his hand. Uh So um, Fergus heads off to see Milo. 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 Um, And he's traipsing through the Dunbonnet woods, (laughs) and... (laughs) um, Oh, and as he passes by, we see the Dixman, Scott's dick. P.O.S. The P.O.S. Piece of the Scott. Piece of shit. Piece of Scott. Shot? Shot. Anyway, he's a piece of shit, you guys. Can we call him the Dung Bonnet? Hey! I think that that's too close to get Dung Bonnet. I don't know. Anyway, he's a piece of shit, yo. He's a, so the piece of shit and some other guy are standing in the woods watching Fergus walk. And Fergus is like, I see you. And as he's taking off, you can, at first it seems like he doesn't know, but then he starts hearing them. So he literally starts walking in circles. Fucking with And him. he walks in circles in the forest for, in my dreams, it's for like four and a half hours. <laughs> and finally, the, um, the person reporting to the PO says I believe he's leading us in circles so and then the Dixman is like yeah I believe he's I didn't can where we going but I think I fucking hate this kid and um, Fergus turns around and says you are so stupid you thought I didn't know you were valuing me I do not eat frogs why do you keep calling me a frog eater uh, he doesn't say any of that but they keep calling him a frog eater <laughs> but he also is a little dick bag and oh. like he runs away from them and starts giving him the finger and like he's you being t- a teenage you boy come, you are a traitor you are a disgrace the Scots people will never love you they hate you blah, blah, blah. he just starts running and he's infuriating this guy 
this rabid dog. They run into another like patrol of soldiers and Fergus gets turned around, falls over, trips over he a trips log. over a log. And the POS comes over and says, hold him down. And takes out his cutlass, whatever the fuck it is, his rapier, his giant fucking blade, which is a lot bigger than his tiny Scottish fucking dick. No, it's like a big sword. It's not a dark. It's a big (laughs) fucking sword. It's a big sword. He's compensating for something is what I'm saying. (laughs) And the guy holds his arm down and Wee Fergus is just laying there terrified. And Jamie is hearing all of this and you see him watching from behind a bush. Unable to do anything. He can't do shit. He can't. There are four of them. He can't do anything. And they fucking cut Fergus's hand off. His oh, left hand. Boom. Shit. Right off at the wrist. It's a really good effect. It's great. It's spurting blood. Oh, Like shit. out of the stump. And Fergus is just staring at it. And the and everybody else is like, dude, that, that is a fuck? child. And he's like, get your shit together, private. Whatever. He doesn't sound what he says. But he's basically like, I don't fucking care about this kid. Let's get out of here. Boom. We're out. I'm an asshole. Yeah. And then they leave. And they leave. And then here's Fergus like bleeding out. Blah. And then Jamie comes over, fucking gives him a tourniquet out of belt. Uh, let's stop this bleeding. I saw my lady do this many times. Mm-hmm. Tourniquet. will be fine. Here's this. Puts like cloth over it. And he's like, hold it. And then you see Fergus literally put his hand over the stump of his wrist. Like, uh. And then they take him back to Lollybrock. Jamie we carries him. We were not treated to the cauterization scene, which I'm sure happened. Did it happen in the book? They didn't mention it, but there's a different cauterization scene in the book, which I think we might still see. Anyway, you know it was Gross. Jenny. You know Jenny took a fuck the flat Jenny's side of a like, knife. She looks at him and she's like, fuck this. Shit. Anyway. And the shot, as they're leaving, the camera pans down to his perfect little hand. Just his underneath the log. Hand. Just a little tiny hand. Just With their, and blood all over the log. And you can see in Jamie's face that this is already like the last fucking straw. Like, he can't do this anymore. He can't just cause pain to the people around him anymore. He brings Fergus back. He's obviously distraught. He goes in. to see, He has a little chat with Jenny about one thing and another. Do you remember? Mm-mm. It was a good scene because Laura Donnelly is good in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, basically where she tells him he has to come back and that Fergus is going to survive and whatever. And Ian comes back. Yep, that Ian point. gets out of jail. They bring him up and they dump him out of the thing and they're all assholes to him. The red coats are all assholes to him. And he's like, well, it's been a good visit, guys. And then just goes into Lollybrock. So, like, Ian is stone cold. He's bad as hell. I'm just, anyway, I'm just saying he's stone cold. There's this beautiful scene. Jamie goes in to talk to Fergus. And by the way, I need it to be noted that Jamie is still Bigfoot Jamie. So he's very hairy and he has a stupid beard. And sad eyes. And so very... Overly sad big, eyes, big hungry big eyes. One might say, would have sad eyes. He would. Yes, you know so what he would. Last of his kind. Mm-hmm. A lot like Jamie. Ooh, Ooh damn, that went, went there. Mm. Too close. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Jamie. Jamie. Ooh. Um. Fucking Jamie goes into the land of the lost. <laughs> <laughs> but they're screaming, Harry and the Hendersons. Somebody Harry needs the to Henderson's. Harry and the Hendersons, Jamie, right back oh, into the woods. Shit. Yes. Anyway, oh, um, Jamie is sitting there talking to Fergus about Fergus sometimes feels his hand there. It's obviously a metaphor for Claire, but it's really well handled. And it itches, and um, but he'll be fine. And 
Jamie is apologizing to him and wishes he could have done something and he should have done something. And at one point, um, uh, Jenny says to him, if you had killed them, we would all be dead. You'd be dead. Fergus would be dead. We'd all be dead. They'd come back and killed us. This is the only thing you could do. Um, and so they have this conversation and it comes, first of all, Madame has been most generous with the whiskey. <laughs> so this little cherub has been drinking. But he's also like, I prefer French wine. I prefer fine French wine. Um, and his little, stump, his little stump is all clogged Bandage over. Stump, and he's like, and now I'm a man of leisure. He said, basically, he's like, I feel I am most fortunate. Do you remember the promise you made to me, my lord? And... Jamie's like, yes, I think I can. The promise I made. And he's like, oh, that is very good, my lord. Um, bonjour, 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 um, bonjour, bonjour, There goes the castle with his tray, like always. Let's go to the Eiffel Tower when it's built in the future. And then, uh, but he actually says, um, you promised if I was arrested or killed, you've had, you'd have masses said to me for a year. And if I lost an ear and then, like side eye looks down at his stump and goes oh hand <laughs> Fergus is hard as fuck and then Jamie goes take care of you for the rest of your days Fergus is like yep <laughs> yeah um, and now I'm a man of leisure with one stroke I am become a man of leisure <laughs> and it's very funny and sweet and Jamie says you reminded me that you were so brave and with all of this you reminded me I have something to fight for and then Fergus it's a really good moment from young Roma he says there you are there you are <laughs> There you are. And you can see, it's a good moment from Sam Huon too. You can see in his eyes that um, he's fired up again, that like he has to take action because what Jamie does best outside of a 30 second diddle mm -hmm, or just like all night bone or an all night bone or learning a zillion languages or, or like diplomacy or wiping grease on his face and then not fucking you oh, God damn or it. wearing a nice outfit mm -hmm. or having pretty hair or hunting down a deer that symbolizes the life he lost and killing it probably with his bare hands. Yep. Um, if there's one thing he's good at, I just tried to pick to up the growler to drink out of it like it was my glass. <laughs> Welcome to episode two. Um, <laughs> it is taking care of other people. Mm -hmm. So it's like he remembers that he might not have much he can do, but he's not helpless and he needs to make choices. And you can see he gets a little fire in him. Cut to Jamie. And at this point, let's just finish the Jamie story and okay. then go back to go back. Yeah. Sure. Um, Jamie talking to Jenny and Ian. And he lays out this plan, which is basically... Also, Ian explains phantom oh, yeah. limb. Ian explains phantom limbs to Jamie, and it's... In Scottish. <laughs> phantom limb. Just, just kidding. He doesn't even know what phantom limb is. He's just talking about what it feels like to not have a limb. And, and then sometimes you feel it's there, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But again, obviously sort of a metaphor. And at this point, it becomes more explicit because he says, I only lost a leg and Fergus a hand, but you lost your heart. What must that be like for you? Mm -hmm. Trying to get him to confront this loss that he is obviously letting Six ruin his years. life. Yeah, fucking with. Yeah. Um, so he lays out this plan to them, which is that he is going to pretend to just show up for the first time in years. At Lollybrock. At Lollybrock. As not the Dunbonnet. As just a guy. As Jamie. As hey, Jamie. guys. 
And Jenny is going to contact the Redcoats and say, my traitorous brother contacted me. He said he'd be home at this, on this day at this time. So we don't want anything to do with him. This should make it clear that we are not associated with him. Please come arrest him. Uh, Ian also let slip that they are no longer hanging Jacobite traitors. They are putting them in prison. So handy or not. Sorry, Fergus. True. Oh, Fergus. Um, and that way they can get the reward money and the British will know that they are not complicit in hiding him. And they'll keep, they'll quit coming to toss their yes. house over. over and and over Jenny again. is really pissed. Like deeply. She does not like when. Um, and he says, listen, this is what I can do. And she says, but you'll be spending the rest of your life in prison. And he says, you mean a different prison than the one I'm in now? Woof. Yeah. Um, so long story short, they agree to it. He goes back to his cave. It's a good scene. Hold on. Yeah. So uh, he's back there gutting a fish with his bare hands. Just fucking being a wild man. Whatever you do. And up, up, up the, what we'll now call the bloody handed trail. (laughs) The old one hand trail. (laughs) Hashtag good. Southpaw trail. Hashtag (laughs) goodbye one hand. And uh, it comes Mary McNabb. And she's bringing like a basket of food. She's got a razor. She comes in. She says, do you want some company? And he says, company be welcome. She shaves his face and gives him a haircut. Two bits. Yes. I was going to say it, but I knew you'd get there. Um, by the way, you guys, he looks, he looks real good. He looks very good. And he says, I'm going to go wash. We need to box up all this stuff. Get it back to Lilybrock. Take the books, burn the rest, whatever. Tomorrow is the day he's being captured. He leaves and she's like, you're gone. Okay. And just starts taking off her clothes. Mm-hmm. Boom. Corset. Boom. Other Sensual corset. Boom. Healing. Other corset. Boom. Sensual Third corset. Glove. Healing. Other glove. Underneath glove. Second glove. Wrap. Secondary wrap. Third wrap. Skirt. Underskirt. Overskirt. Bustle. Who's this again? Jammies. Mary McNabb. Um, yeah. Um, who's that actor? Is it on? Uh, it's Emma Campbell Jones. She was on Doctor Who uh, on the Night of the Doctor. Really? Mm-hmm. She's very I good. I looked her up. She is gorgeous and uh, apparently in episodes that I really like of other shows. So She's very good. Yeah. So um, she takes a follower. She's just standing in her. Shaft. Shaft. And he comes <laughs> in and he says, whose idea was this? This was my fucking sister. Was this idea. my sister? This Did is she my pimp you out? sister. Fucking. She says, does it matter? And he says, I suppose not, but this isn't happening. And she just stands there and he says, okay, if you're not going to leave, I'm going to leave. Bye. And he marches out and she says, listen, your sister didn't put me up to this. I don't want to replace your wife. I know I could never replace your wife, but I think this can be something else. Something good, but something else that we both need. And he doesn't look convinced and she takes his hand and then he looks so lonely and sad mm-hmm. and it's just it's a very good little moment between these two and then they smooch and as he pulls away she says you can look at me if you want and he says something like, no I can't or that's not what I do or something and begins to go back to kissing her with his eyes closed mm-hmm. which will be important later when we talk about Claire's story mm-hmm. so they do it Presumably he takes We some don't see comfort. it though. I would like that to be noted. I'm we okay do, with that. We do not see them doing it and that's fine. Um, fast forward, Jenny is standing. God, the scene is so good. Oh my God. Hold on. Wait, wait. Should we leave this for the last? This is the last. No, you're right. Let's this do Claire. Let's do Claire and okay. Frank and company. <clears throat> okay. So what has happened is that in 
this doesn't do this. It's a, no, I got it. um, we've moved, we've killed the growler. We're moving on to beers and bottles that they oh, somehow I thought this. we wouldn't need. This. Um, so we did not talk about Claire cause there's a flashback to the future, uh, where she has dinner. She's having a dinner party. Nah, don't worry about it. Yeah. She has dinner, uh, a dinner party at her house with, obviously, her and Frank, and then her neighbor, Millie Nelson, or whatever her name is. Bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. And Millie's husband, George? Jackass. Jackass, whatever. Anyway, it's gross and, like, weirdly uncomfortable. And, like, Millie's husband talks about her food not being good, but that her talents lie elsewhere. Wink, wink. Blow me, asshole. It's gross like that. But she goes, hee, hee. Stop! And then you can tell she kind of likes it. Mm-hmm. And then Frank and Claire are like, "Remember when we had sex gross. that one time?" Yeah, no, they're not like gross. No, they're no, like, no. They're, they're talking about boning. We boned. We boned last night. Do you remember what that was like? Because we haven't boned in years, and that was really good. And then Millie and her husband leave, and Frank and Claire have a whole shady ass British conversation. Also, <laughs> so she bakes a failed pavlova, and I think they call it like an eaten. Disaster, Eaten mess. Eaten mess. It really made me laugh. <laughs> Shady. Shady, but funny. British shade is very cultured shade. Those coats. Yep. So Millie and her jackhole husband leave, and then they're like, Claire's like, what do you think her skills lie in? And Frank's like, obviously an encyclopedic knowledge of Shakespeare. And you're like, shut up, you shady bitch. And then Claire has had enough. Because she is thirsty and she wants more. And she pulls up her dress by the fire. By the way, where is the baby meatball? No questions. Baby prison. Baby prison. Yeah, baby prison. Baby prison. And she pulls up her dress. She's got her silk knickers. Knickers hit the floor. Oh, and garter belt. Stockings with garter. But she doesn't take that down. It's just knickers. Knickers hit the floor. Knickers hit the floor. Knickers. I think it's a nice little callback to Mrs. Randall, I believe you've forgotten your undergarments. You've forgotten your undergarments. And she's like, literally, I am sliding my silky underwear to the floor. And then there's Frank starts finger banging. In her, they grab each it's other. It's the beginnings of a very hot sex. Scene. It is. Beginning. They're like all over each other, and she's climbing him like a fucking tree, and he is on it, and then just like, boom, he just lays her down in front of the fucking fireplace. <laughs> she likes a fireplace. She does like a fireplace. Y'all. A great place to get fucked and give birth. Fireplaces. <laughs> this episode brought to you by Cobblestone Fireplaces. So they start doing it, and then Frank That's is like, good. "You can open your eyes." You can open your eyes. Oh, Look at me. Look at me. Shit. Look at me, Claire. Look at me. And she's like, mm, no, no, I am enjoying this. I am enjoying And then this. he says, and the, basically he says, you never used to close your eyes when we made love. And she gets real. She's like, what are you doing? We were boning. Stop. And then God bless him. He's so good. He looks at her. They're presumably both still covered in fluids and he's got a halfie and she's not wearing underwear. And he looks at her and he says, when I'm with you, I'm with you. When you're with me, you're with him. And it uh, is a fair fucking point. It's because real. it's at that point you realize this is never going to work. She's not looking. She's, it's a little, it's understandable, but a little cruel. Obviously, there seems to be some part of her that genuinely wants to reconnect with Frank. There's that moment where she touches his chest and that seems genuine. And she wants to try. She clearly wants to try. but Not when, sexually, though. But when like, she... It's very clear. When she is fucking him, she's fucking Jamie. <sighs> and it is hard. It's, it is a rough moment. Um, and that's where we leave it with poor Frank for the moment. We cut mm-hmm. to Claire, 
like hoopty doing down the street with her cute baby in a really fucking cute hat. And it's like baby meatball with a little yellow knit hat. Oh, it's so cute. It's very cute. And uh, they're wheeling about and she seems happy enough. And you see her with Frank a little and they seem happy enough. And she starts a voiceover, which it's been a while, been a while. Mm -hmm. Um, and basically says, for a while, I had everything I wanted. I had a man I loved. I had given birth to a child. I was able to heal people. But I started to realize that I needed something more. And then we all of a sudden, we're in a very large round room with some cool ass benches in it. I love a bench. Mm -hmm. And she's standing there and a douchebag looking guy comes in and says, can I help you, madam? Mm. Turns out... Claire's there for her first day of school because she's going to fucking medical school. And he says, ah, I heard we admitted a woman and a Negro this term. Ugh. How modern of us. And looks her up and down like she is a piece of garbage. And because Claire is Claire, she just goes, hmm. And turns and gets ready to walk into her seat. Then one bro is like, you're not sitting in my row, bitch. I don't want you to get vagina juice on me. <laughs> he, he made, cooties, he, cooties, he went, cooties. He went straight up. Seats taken. Seats Pretty much. Taken. Well, he like stretched out his legs so she couldn't walk. Dude spread. Oh. Yeah. And Man then spread. she no. goes to the next row. She walks down. And then there are some other dudes who are like, the nah, fuck? bitch. Get back in the kitchen, you stupid slut. Uh, and she's sitting there. And then, ha ha. Moment more exciting for book readers than not. In walks the aforementioned person of color, and he's very dapper in a nice suit, and he spots her, walks right up to that row, sits down, and says, is this seat taken? Or stands there and says, is this seat taken? And she says, why no, it is all yours. Please have a seat. He reaches out his hand and says, I'm Joe Abernathy. And she says, I'm Claire Randall. And they shake hands and start learning how to be motherfucking doctors. Joe Abernathy is the best. I cannot wait for Mojo more Joe Abernathy. Um, it's like instant super best friend club you can tell right away i like that they don't pull any punches about it that's just super best friends club from moment one she leaves school she's she walks down the pathway and then the pathway diverges over a bridge she hears a bagpipe we're skipped a step which one she goes home walks into her bedroom frank is there he's reading a book they smile they exchange pleasantries she says good night and turns around That's to go right. to sleep and he says good night claire cut back overhead shot twin beds it's over oh yeah twin beds separate beds stab separate beds damn as neil starboard says it's the end of a marriage <laughs> Oh, twin beds. Uh, so when we last leave Claire, she's walking, I don't know, through Harvard Yard. I don't know. Harvard Yard, Khan, Harvard Yard. She's walking through some commons and she hears the plaintive strain of a bagpipe. As Julie said, you know, you miss Scotland when you're like, what a beautiful bagpipe. Because <laughs> literally it's the worst. Sound. She stops <laughs> and listens puts a dollar in the case, which because it was 19 for well, probably 19, like 52 50. or something by then. Mm -hmm. Don't know how long, how much time had passed. Uh, that's probably worth $97. Yeah. 14 She's like, here you go. Bagpipe player. And just walks down the very long road to her, to her future. future. Okay. Now let's go back. Jamie. Cause we haven't gotten, we haven't even gotten to the best scene in this episode. Oh no. Yet. That's why we saved it for the end. Jamie obviously had his sister report him. We know this. Jenny did not like when she agreed. 
So all of a sudden we're back at Lally Brock. This happens earlier in the episode, but I think that our fans will forgive us for saving this for the end. He walks through the gates of Lally Brock, clean shaven, newly fucked, hair on point, looking great. Danny, it's me. I've come home. It's me. I'm home. Like, Please oh, big... notice that I'm standing here and that I am saying that, that we're in episode two. Julia's just hitting lamps. I right am just... here. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I am here. And this is the first time I have been here in many years. Look at me. And then all of a sudden, red coats are And over. Jenny's Boom. got this look on her face that's like, oh, hi. Boom. Guns everywhere. Mm-hmm. He gets arrested. She's standing there staring at him, and God damn it, Laura Donnelly is she both, is she, You can tell that Jenny is selling it, and also that Jenny is furious. And Jenny also can do this thing, Laura Donnelly can do this thing, where her entire lower eyelids are full of tears. <gasps> she, without, she can pool? Yeah, she can pool. Without she can pool with the best of them. Dropping the tears. Oh. So she is pooling, and she is mad. And because you know... What the audience knows what we know about her and we know that she did not agree to this we know that she is acting to them but also so pissed and she says you brought this on yourself brother and I'll never forgive you and when she says never when she says I'll never forgive you Aaron it's one of the greatest moments of acting I've ever seen what a fucking good moment it's oh so my good God. because her face breaks for just a second because she really is saying I, I'll never forgive you for making me do this oh. I'll never forgive you and Jamie looks at her and you can tell that she is like fuck very you. upset love you fuck you <laughs> he's upset and then they hand her a big bag of gold and says thank you for your loyalty to the crown and off goes Jamie to prison boop de doop de doo have fun in the next section of this book boom boom uh, guys why is this story so sad all the time well cause life is sad Julie mm. and it's true to life which makes it good art can I go back <laughs> in time to November the 5th listen I'm working on teleportation <laughs> and maybe we'll figure the time travel thing out Oh, hold on. Yeah. Just so we all know, that's not true. It's actually quantum teleportation. Doesn't have to do with tele- uh, time travel. You keep talking like the FedEx man. <laughs> so uh, it is uh, a good episode with two sort of ending scenes. The endings Damn. of both stories that are just gut punches because those twin beds—they didn't hit me quite as hard as Laura Donnelly did, but the, those twin beds—they when they popped they up. Pack a real poke when they punch. popped up, I literally screamed, "Twin beds! It's over." Um. It's it's pretty sad, but they're cute yeah. twin beds, and that baby meatball is real cute. It is a very cute little baby meatball. So, um, going to our scales before we do our MVP and then our double spoiler section, mm-hmm. which we will keep short. I promise, Janine. Um, so uh, <laughs> let's talk about costumes on a scale of um, let's. Say murder she wrote mm-hmm. to murder on the Orient Express. Ooh. Where are we with costumes? Murder she wrote was actually pretty good for the eighties. Yeah, I agree. Was well, Angela Lansbury God. and her constant rotating selection of cardigans. Yes, I've got to say, um, I didn't really notice costumes as much in this episode. Well, you were very distracted by one. Uh, which one? one? Oh, well, Bigfoot. the beard, the Bigfoot. You know what? 
I'm going to give a Harry and the Hendersons. I really am going to give a Harry and the Hendersons. I can't stop myself. <laughs> it's literally how I felt about it. So Harry and the Hendersons. Yay. I think the mid-century costuming is really great. I love the choice of her being barefoot in the scene where she takes off her undergarments. Undergarments. Um, there were some beautiful, her suit when she was in her class and some gorgeous coats. It was very good. That beautiful pram. Her coat when she walked across the bridge and paid the yeah, back and her briefcase. Yes. Her purse good. and her briefcase. It's good. Her Stop. gloves are always on point. Um, so, so I'm gonna go uh, with, let's say, King Kong. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, the doing it scale. Finally, some, some stuff. more doing it. Um, so let's go um, um, from. Oh God! Some of it was sad doing it. Let's though. do the the Nicolas Cage sections of ad, ad, adaptation <laughs> to the Chris Cooper sections <laughs> of adaptation <laughs> on a scale. Well, our scale has never been decarded before. That's Ooh. like. <laughs> well, I mean that Start movie begs place, for it. That movie place. begs. That movie. That movie contains multitudes. It does. Um, Jeez. I feel like I have to come up with an adaptation answer, though. Catherine Keener. <sighs> the alligator um, scene? <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. Fuck me. I don't know what I'm talking about. Here, I'll go first. I'm going to give it up Meryl Streep making a dial tone sound on the phone. It's like, it's very entertaining. Some of it really works, but I'm not feeling entirely satisfied. While I'm very satisfied by that scene, it's not, you know, going to fuck me. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 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 yes, I, I mean, agree. If we're, I agree. Depending on, I mean, if we watch the Howard Stern movie, like, that was a thing where he fucked someone with his voice on their speaker. Just saying. Sound. Just, yeah, I'm, uh... Maybe Howard Stern is not the greatest example for me to I am now less aroused. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Listen. Baba booey, baba booey! Oh, God. No, I got nothing. No, I got nothing. Okay. That's fair. I'm with you, though. So, no, getting fair. up to get a drink ratio... This, I think this one was a little bit harder for that yeah, than the first let's, one. Let's skip the actual titles because we're just going to do Ken Burns baseball to Ken Burns something else anyway. So what? So where do you think, if you could get up and get a drink, where would you do it? I would probably have done it somewhere in the Lallybrock section. Sorry, sorry. Somewhere in the Lallybrock section uh, after Ian came back. I don't know. I would say you could probably get up once or twice. But the, the episode before this, I would say you could get up three or four times. I probably would have. I would have gotten up during the death of Credit's Deer. Because that guy, he was never there for us. Why he was we be there never for there for us. We tried. Like, we were friends with him before he got famous. And then he would never take our calls. He just won't return our calls now. You know what? He's dead now, though. So, RIP, I guess. He's going to live on in those credits, though. I'm going to start a oh, change.org petition. What if he's gone in the next one? He won't be. Oh. I'm going to do We the People, and I'm <laughs> going to say petition to substitute Death Rabbit for Credits Deer in Outlander credit sequence. And then in two weeks, I'll submit petition to substitute a Prison Bird <laughs> for Death Bunny. Wait a second. This sounds like our next uh, Twitter storm. Yeah, that's right. Our Twitter mom. We have animals. We can't, we can't fits mob an animal that doesn't have a Twitter account. No, but we can fits mob the writers who have choices over well, this. I'm, I'm just saying. We have many animals that we would like to talk about. And I would like to talk about the bunny over the bird. The Well, Here, we don't need to. I'm just going to start I'm a Twitter bunny. poll. I'm team bunny. I'm just going to start a Twitter poll. Like You'll be able to voice your opinion. Most important animal for the credit sequence. Maybe. Death bunny, credit steer, 
Prison bird. Prison bird. Or I'm, I'm team bunny. Colette the biting monkey. Oh. Prison bird. Whoa, 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 the monkey. There's a monkey. Prison bird every time. But don't forget Colette the biting monkey. Nope. Prison bird every Wait, you're time. You're forgetting that Colette the biting monkey bit the BPD. That's I get pretty that. fucking good. I understand that. But prison bird is a metaphor, a literal metaphor for Claire's entrapment in the future. Yes, but Julie, the bite of the man is desirable. The bite of the monkey, not so much. But you, we could also include uh, Master. Raymond's stuffed crocodile. Uh, that's true. I'll take that. But I'm Team Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So who's your MVP for this episode, Julie? Jenny from the Lally Brock. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be another one where we're just going to be in agreement. Some good performances this episode. Tobias Menzies was especially good. But this is Laura Donnelly. There is th- that last moment made me cry when she has the anger over the sadness she's just very good at her job and she did it very well well i am gonna second laura donnelly although i do want to raise a glass um which i'm now going to refill with a delicious beer from brooklyn brewery sriracha <laughs> ace oh i've got one hun no but you need to you need we have to drink after we toast this oh yeah it's so right. um sorry to- mike romain beru <laughs> Little French actor who is. You 16? think that's that's rap on him? I suspect. I mean, Jamie's going to prison, and that kid is already almost an adult. Yeah. What are the odds that we see him again as a young? I mean, the fact that they even were able to pull because I mean, what they used his adolescence and now puberty, to, which he's grown. He's a he's a grown kid now. He's mm-hmm. he's on his way to being a, a young man. Mm-hmm. They got- timed it just right. It's not like in Game of Thrones where all of a sudden Bran was 97. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no way that kid's coming back. Unless, for some reason, like, that his next growth spurt just grows hair out of his chin like the beard I have and his shoulders and muscles We are very lucky that I touched the dick rock and traveled to 2017. No, traveled back to the 16th century and lived for several years and then came back to this exact point in time so that I can now play the adult version of myself. <laughs> Listen, uh, the thing is you, that you don't know is that I'm actually him. <laughs> Your accent's gotten so good. I've it's been here really a while. Good. I'm just <laughs> saying. I've actually um, forgotten my French. You're American. So yeah, I want to give a little. I want to give a little runner up to Roman Baru and also to oh god, what was her name? Who played Mary McNabb? Who I thought oh, was I also very good. She Emma, was very Emma, good. Emma, Emma Campbell Jones. Um, very very good. Thank you for your work, Emma so, Campbell Jones. Uh, just in case you're listening, uh, hi. Call me. (laughs) So we are going to stick around after this little chunk where I say all the things I have to say every episode to talk about some book related stuff in these first two episodes. Stay tuned for those if you want to. But for now, I need to thank all of our Patreon patrons. You're all wonderful, but particularly Amanda Newton, Beth Luck, Flourish Root, Molly Layton, Dr. J, Lara Magnuson, (laughs) Friday Payton, Jen Lander Drunklin, and the great Kathleen Moniz. Is Dr. J one of our new? new Oh, no. No, Dr. J. Jay's been around for a while She's teaching us fundamentals. I don't just teach us fundamentals. I'm sorry. I guess I've, I've just, it was a good call out. I'm sorry. I've always been Dr. drunk at the end by this point. So my um, apologies. If you want to be a patron, get bonus episodes, some other little perks, um, please go ahead and do that. Patreon.com slash Podlander Drunkcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at Podlandercast and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Podlandercast, where you can partake in your Welcome Wednesday, the best thing on the internet since cat gifts. Um, <laughs> Uh, you can you also. Guys, I apologize. I'm not very good at it on Twitter. I just want you all to know that I'm old. No, you're just fine. I'm just you working. can find Julie at Julie Starby. You can find 
Janine at Pagel underscore Aaron. And you could find me at Allison Shu. We are going to be back next week talking about the third episode in this season in which Frank wears incredible glasses and Lord John Gray appears. Frank's glasses have a Cary Grant thing that I want to touch. I can't wait. I'm just saying. I'm excited for those specs. They're, they look good. They, re, look, they, they look, look real good. Real good. <laughs> real good. Um, for now, if you want to go away, then go away. Stop listening now. We love you. If you want to stick around, stick around. And we're about to talk about some spoilers. Pretend that right here we're playing Yakety Sex. I want to keep these short because uh, I don't want to spoil anything for every, anybody. And if you have read the books, you'll know all the things I'm talking about. If you haven't, but don't care about spoilers, just know that I'm still not spoiling very much. <clears throat> I haven't, and I don't care. Well, yeah, but Julie, you're, I mean, you're the one that I'm couching these things for. So but literally I, I really don't care. I know, but you do. Cause it's a fun thing that we get to experience together. So first of all, the big point I want to talk about in the first episode, there are some really cool adaptive choices, but the thing that is the biggest for me that made me the most excited is that we don't know what the hell happens to Murtaugh. That is also true in the books for a while. And I won't say when we find out or what it is, but for much, if not all of this book, um, if memory serves, it might even be in the next book. Uh, we do not know what happened to Murta. He simply isn't mentioned. Jamie, um, there might be a line or two where Jamie thinks about him and it's painful, um, but we don't see him. He's not in the misery hut. Doom hut. Doom hut. Doom hut. Doom Sad hut. house. Terror hut. It's um, yeah, it's all, of it. it's all of that. Um, and there certainly is no section where Jamie does Did you just say doom hut? Doom hut. Doom hut. Yes, doom hut. Doom hut. Doom hut. Doom hut. Doom hut. Where do Scotsmen go to get shot? Oh, shit. Anyway, um... Because we because we don't know, but Jamie does, it is clear that Jamie does in the book. Here, Jamie does not know. They make a point of calling out that Jamie does not know. And that makes me think that it is likely that maybe Murta is escaping doom, escaping the doom hut. Doom and hut. Uh, doom hut. and perhaps we'll be doom seeing doom more hut. of Duncan LaCroix. There it would also explain we <laughs> are focusing back in now. It would also explain why this actor who's so great, who just had this breakout role in this show, has like no other fucking IMDB credits going on in his shit. And I wonder if it's because they've kept managed to keep very quiet the fact that he's returning. And that would make me so happy. It would make me very happy too, because he is great and like a solid stone like it can always return to him i can always return to this actor to remember that there are supporting actors on this show doing extra good work yeah incredible work because occasionally sam and katama not katrina get a little fluffy I don't think she gets fluffy. I, sometimes I don't think she can help it because it's written. But 
I like it when there is somebody there to return to. And he is always a lodestone. Like, I think he helps keep it grounded. I think he helps keep it real. And shit, I'm looking at his IMDb profile right now, which does have only the Outlander things as his most recent thing. But his, his, like, the look he gives in his, like, headshot and the potential I see for this gentleman to eventually play in other large supporting or even lead roles, though I don't know what that would be like for him. I'm excited. Like, yeah, he's good, lots but of I really, and that's why I think if he isn't booking other things it's, and they've teased out, where's Murta? Where's Murta? We don't know where Murta is. I think that means Murta's coming back. For those of yeah. you who've read the books, if you haven't read the books, don't look this up because I don't want to spoil anything for you. And just looking up who this person is would spoil giant sections of the plot. If you have read the book, the per, I, my guess is that um, Murta is going to take over the the sort of plot responsibilities of Duncan Innes, uh, a character who becomes a pretty major factor uh, in the next book. Um, so we'll see. Uh, he would all that means he would we would also be seeing him relatively soon because Duncan Innes um, is loosely he's a more minor character in this book, but it shows up at the prison, mm-hmm. um, which means we could see him as early as next week. Please. Uh, but regardless, I, I think that Murta is not Dunsey's and that would make me so happy because I was convinced. Mm-hmm. I thought for sure in the first in the premiere, we were going to get some great Murta death scene. I also remember you talking about this in our last season where you were like, you, you didn't feel like he had much time left. Yeah. Yeah. And now I am very optimistic. Okay, it's great. Um, so fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything book-wise that you were curious about from the premiere? No. Um, Rupert is the the things that Rupert do in this book are assigned to another character in the book. This was a really really smart choice. Um, he's in that wagon. Hal is a great character. You'll see Hal again. Okay. Um, in this one, uh, one of the things that's interesting to me um, is that the book sort of goes out of its way to make it clear that Mary McNabb is much older than Jamie and is also not particularly attractive. Oh. And I, I mean, I'm not bothered by the fact that she's young and beautiful. Um, I, that, I think that's perfectly fine. I don't think the, this woman's appearance should have anything to do with this scene. Um, but that was a pretty big change. Um, the, but the biggest change is that the person who shoots the fucking raven in the book is not Fergus being an idiot. It's fucking Jamie. <gasps> oh, Showing no. off. Snap. Dun bonnet. Get dun bonnet. Get dun bonnet. Get dun bonnet. Um, he does a series of really stupid things that put his family in peril when he gets really comfortable. And, um, and that is also part of why he leaves. But I think that this was a great way to tie the two big things that had to happen in this episode, which were Jamie getting trapped in the house with the baby while the redcoats were there and Fergus losing his hand. Wait, question though. Yes. So part of Fergus losing his hand though is connected to the fucking douchebag. Piece of shit? Yeah. And piece of shit is an invention of the show. Yeah. That well, character no, no, is no, not piece of shit. No, but, no, no, but Fergus is du- douchebaggery. Like, or he was just being kind of a dick. He's being a fucking teenager. Yes. And so the, the shot to the raven is an example of him being a dick. Yes. But also the shot to the raven is an example of, or is a instance where the Redcoats and POS come back and start harassing them more. Yes. So in a way, the show actually heightened the ability to show Fergus losing his hand. Yes. 
Fuck yeah. yeah Good yeah. on you. And the creation of that red coat who is actually Scotch, um, that's all the show. That character doesn't exist in the book. Fair and enough. I think that was really smart. That's a good act. Because as opposed to Fergus just getting his hand chopped off by some rando, um, it's somebody who we've watched become more and more dangerous more of a through dick. the episode. Yeah. Which means that his... Um, antagonization of this guy is more understandable but also way more stupid but i will say though it does lessen the responsibility on jamie which i think actually i mean i don't have an opinion on this because i haven't seen the episode uh hashtag i've never seen the episodes (laughs) um but (laughs) the but the idea though that like jamie could have been the one that instigated why fergus lost his hand which would yes, put a little bit more responsibility but on him, But Jamie would already say that it was his fault. Ah, because fair. Fergus was coming. I think in the book, it's Fergus is coming to bring him, like, food. Uh, right? Because they... Which is going to be his fault anyway. Yeah, then, yeah, every yeah. couple days yeah. to bring him food and books and news and let him know what's going Everything on. Everything is always going to be his fault, except for dying and bringing women to orgasm. Well, that's definitely his fault. Sorry, <laughs> Lamp again. Sorry, Lamp. That Lamp's got to move um, next time. So we're going to keep doing spoiler sections like these to talk about differences in the book. If it's too much for you or you think we're wasting your time, please let me know. Um, do we have anything else? Um, I feel good. <laughs> I just heard your jaw rattle. <laughs> jacting. Okay. On that note of perfect jacting from our dearest Janine, uh, we are going to teleport out of here. Yay, teleportation. Um, thanks so much for listening. We will be back next week to talk about Frank's amazing glasses. Bye. 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 Wait, hold on, Julie. Bye. Bye. Bye.